That's in the Bible, episode 10. What does the Bible say about Easter? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians Hello and welcome to That's in the Bible. Glad you could join us again. My name is Eric and uh, actually I'm in the studio alone because we're bringing you a special edition of That's in the Bible. We have a broadcast from the First Bible Baptist Church in Lockport, New York featuring Pastor Strobel. And he uh, is going to be bringing us a, um, oh, I think it's about a 42-minute um, lesson on Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So some misconceptions, some, some other things about it, and I think you're going to find it very interesting. We're, we're glad to have Pastor Strobel here today with us, and that's in the Bible. So please take a listen and enjoy. First Corinthians, we're going to take a little break uh, today um, with uh, Resurrection Sunday, and I'm going to give you some things, some things that have been uh, kind of cropping up and, and me talking to people about and, and, and folks asking about and having to deal with. So I thought this would be a good chance to uh, uh, talk to you about some of the things that pertain to this uh, Easter uh, holiday and, and so forth and a couple of the, oh, I don't know, you might call them the mysteries of, of Easter and the, the modern era. So we're going to look at um, some things that might... Uh, shed some light on you, and I think when we're done, uh, one thing this does is helps you to pay more attention to the Bible and uh, find out uh, if you pay attention to the Bible, uh, you'll you'll be ahead of, of uh, religious practices and what's going on out there in this world. Anyway, we'll, we'll zero in and tell you what it's all about here in a moment. First of all, let's pray. Yeah. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Sunday school. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to be able to come and study your word. Thank you for each and uh, every person that's uh, come out today. We ask your blessing upon them, your blessing upon our study. Uh, open our eyes, give us wisdom, and help us to see truth from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, this is uh, known, as, of course, as Easter Sunday. And uh, take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 12. And we'll show you the, that the word Easter does show up in the Bible. Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, verse number 4, let's start, let's start at 1, and we'll get you to go ahead right now and get you the context instead of uh, going back afterwards. But Acts chapter 12, verse 1, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. When he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. You see, there's a real dangerous prisoner they had on their hands there. <laughs> uh, intending, the Bible says, after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, uh, when, today as we, uh, in this day and age, when we celebrate or folks celebrate Easter, uh, it is matched up with the date of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> However, that's not the case back here in Acts chapter 12. 
I say it's matched up with the date. It's matched up with the <coughs> celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Easter back here, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the date of Easter, we'll start talking about that just a little bit, has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, notice here it says that the time that this thing took place was in the days of unleavened bread. <clears throat> Verse number three. Then were the, he takes Peter, then were the days of unleavened bread. Uh, if you look and check your feast back there in the Old Testament, you'll find out that the days of unleavened bread took place uh, after the Passover. Um, properly, you had Passover followed by the Days of Unleavened Bread. Uh, sometimes they're, they're, they're spoken of as an overlap. In other words, the, the Days of Unleavened Bread sometimes are spoken of as beginning uh, with the, the Passover. But uh, in proper sequence, you'd have the Passover, then you'd that'd be followed by the Days of Unleavened Bread. And if the Passover... And the days, if the Passover is, uh, well, let me just point out, there's another problem that folks point out. Folks, some folks have trouble with the translation here saying Easter. Of course, we don't have problems with the King James, but other people do. And in here, uh, they say, it shouldn't say Easter, it should say Passover. But again, the problem was that the Passover takes place then the days of unleavened bread. And so he says he takes Peter, and when he takes Peter, then are the days of unleavened bread. So the, so the day of Passover uh, has passed, and he's intending after Easter to bring him forth. Not, ever, not after Passover, because Passover has already passed. He's not planning to keep him for a whole other year. He's planning on letting him go after this feast day of Easter. Uh, what does the word Easter have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Absolutely nothing. What, is it, what does Easter, Easter mean? doesn't mean uh, anything about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no, it has no definition pertaining to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, so why then do we celebrate uh, Easter in accordance with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, sometime way back when, they, uh, the Roman church kind of married the, some of the feasts, uh, the old feasts, with the religious feasts. Uh, be that as, as it may, I'm not really going to spend too much time talking about that. What I want to just have to have help you stop and think about is just by virtue of the date of Easter, you know that it doesn't match up with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just say this. Uh, I don't have a problem with people remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ once a day and once a year on Easter. Once a day would be better. But I have a problem with remembering once a year on Easter. I think it's a good thing that they do. Uh, some people today will be thinking more about Jesus Christ than they have well, since Christmas. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. Uh, when Christ is preached, Paul said he's preached, and whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and if he's preached, I there and do rejoice and will rejoice, Paul said. Why? Because he knows that if Christ is lifted up, as Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Amen. So he knows that. If the Lord's exalted, people can get saved. Uh, it was around Easter time, just uh, just after Easter time, when, when I got saved, the Lord was, was using that to help get a hold of me as I thought more about the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and uh, it was brought under conviction uh, for my sin and I, and I had been uh, under conviction already and that just helped to bring things into focus so the fact that they're going to preach about them and talk about them, that's a good thing but uh, just, to, just in the interest of truth and understanding some things, uh, you got you got to notice something. After, after a while, you, you tend to notice things. Sure. And did you ever, did you notice that uh, Easter doesn't show up on the same Sunday every year? Mm -hmm. 
You know, last year Easter was in March. This year it's in April. How, how come sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April? Well, because they have a strange uh, formula for the figuring out of Easter. Before we get into that, um, we have, if I could have somebody help me pass these out, maybe one, somebody, one from each side here. One for each, four each side. And I'm going to pass out a calendar that you can, it's about two, uh, two calendars on one, two years on one page, so you can follow along with me. And after you, we get these out, we'll give you the formula for figuring out the date of Easter. You get, get an overview of it. What these show you is it shows you on those those circles is the phases of the moon. We're too short. Uh, you could just pass them. We have a couple. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could maybe share them. That would be good. Invariably, I always print up too many, except for when I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you take a look at that, everybody does everyone have one they can at least look on? Okay. What you'll see is you'll see those uh, those dark spots. Uh, they're the phases of the moon, and occasionally. Um, a real light gray circle instead of a, a number date, and that would be the indication of um, the new moon. Uh, when, you, when you hear about the new moon, uh, it's actually no moon. Um, that's the, the beginning of the, of the new moon. There's no moon, you don't see the moon on, on those nights. Uh, what you see there when you see a half moon and the, and the full moon, that's what you see when you look up into the sky. All right, now, uh, with that in mind, we'll use that, we'll use that uh, in just a moment, let me give you the mysterious formula for figuring out the date of Easter. Easter shows up, Easter occurs on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Or I could say, I could, I could even make it sound more impressive. The first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox. Almost have to, you'd almost pay me to tell you what that meant. <laughs> Vernal is, is reference or pertaining to spring. Uh, we have two equinoxes during the year, the vernal equinox, the autumnal equinox. Vernal is springtime, autumnal, obviously, when? Autumn. There you go, autumnal, autumn, got it. Uh, the, the time of the fall. <clears throat> what is the equinox? The equinox is that time of the year when we have um, the same amount of, uh, of daylight as darkness. Uh, 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of darkness. Uh, that, therefore, um, you'll notice uh, when we get to the first day of winter, rough, roughly around December 21st, yeah. we get to the first day of winter, we, we have the what we call the shortest day of the year. Well, what do we mean, mean by that? There's still 24 hours in it. What we mean is we have the shortest amount of daylight uh, of any day in the year. After that, they get longer and longer and longer. Um, and then we um, approach the, uh, the spring equinox about three months later, and uh, that means we have the same amount of daylight uh, and the same amount of darkness, and then the days get longer and longer and longer until we get to the first day of summer, and that's the longest day of the year, okay? Uh, and then the, it begins to uh, recede until we get to 
the, the you know the shortest day of the year in, in, in winter. So anyway, the that's what we talk about the equinox, the spring equinox. So when you want to find the day of Easter, uh, what you do is you look for the first day of spring. And the first day of spring, uh, you know, occurs around the 20th and 21st. And they, depending on all the little intricacies, it could be it could be around the 20th, 21st. I don't know, maybe even sometimes the 22nd. I'm not 100% sure uh, on all that. Uh, I used to think it was cut and dry, and then I noticed, you know, it'll it'll vary a day or so. Um, and that, some of that probably has to do even with uh, with um, leap year, the fact that that we need a leap year for an extra day every four years. Uh, at any rate. In uh, in this uh, in this uh, year, uh, was it not the twenty first? The twenty was the twentieth this year. Okay, uh, it'll work either way on, on this particular calendar. So what we want to do? Uh, let me point out another thing. You'll notice this calendar isn't set up like a normal calendar as far as as far as the days of the week are concerned. Sunday is shown as the last day uh, on this uh, particular calendar. On your on your our calendars, it'll be shown as the first day, and, and that's the way it is. Um, and then, and then uh, if you look in 2009, you see the first day of spring, which was uh, Friday, then March the 20th. And then you'll see the first, uh, you'll see, um, what we're, what we're going to look for next is the first full moon after that. So you go on down, you don't see anything in March, and you go to April, and notice April the 9th is the first full moon. Okay, so we found the we're looking for the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. We find the first day of spring, the first full moon, and then we look for the first Sunday, and that's today, April the 12th, and that's uh, thus we're celebrating Easter. Again, nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What was it? Some old uh, pagan formula for some old pagan feast day way back when. Um, notice uh, in 2010. Now we're going to look for we'll look for the first day of spring, and um, again, I don't have to be spot on on, on the first day of spring because of this uh, formula. It, it, it'll work, but it's uh, night. Around, you look at 20th, 21st, 22nd in there uh, in 2010, and and you so right in there. One of those days we're going to have the first day of spring, and then the first full moon comes on the 30th, okay, of March. The first Sunday. After that is the fifth, so uh, you can check me out if you don't believe it. But you go, you can go, you can find uh, find out when it is someplace and look on a calendar or look at information they haven't dated out for years, um, and you will find because these things, these follow patterns, these phases of the moon, so they they date it way out. But you'll find that um, April fifth, four, uh, four. I'm looking at the uh, the wrong seat. I got me looking at the seat. April fourth. <laughs> I'm looking over on the left because that's where Sunday's supposed to be. Uh, April 4th will be uh, Easter of 2010. Okay? That's the way that it works. Okay? So that's um, you know, FYI for your information. That's why it switches. That's why last year was in March. This year it's in April. I believe the next three years it's going to be in April before it uh, moves back to, uh, to March again, according to what I, what I looked at. All right. Now, the next thing we want to talk about um, is... And I've uh, had this come up um, a few times recently. Uh, is this Good Friday thing, and um, uh, what's what's that all about? Uh, let me say again, uh, I am glad when the world remembers the fact that Jesus Christ died. Um, but I don't take my religious instructions from the world. Okay, and I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins. 
But um, the world places the date on a Friday. I want to show you why they do that, and then we're going to show you why that they've made a blunder. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark in chapter 15. Mark 15. Mark chapter 15, verse 24, we'll begin uh, looking at. As we read on down through here, we'll, we'll point out some things, and then uh, we'll, have, we'll get where we're going. Mark 15, 24. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. It's the third hour of the day. Now, when, they, when they're talking about the daytime, they are, they are figuring from the beginning of, of daytime as opposed to night, and they're figuring it from 6 in the morning. So for them, the third hour of the day at this point is 9 o'clock in the morning. So it says they crucified, and when they had crucified him, well, verse 25, and it was the third hour of the day, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on the right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they passed by, they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. Look at verse 33. And when the sixth hour was come, right, the sixth hour, that puts you at noon. Noon is when the sun should uh, reach its, uh, its apex, uh, generally speaking, and be the brightest uh, part of the day. And when the sixth hour was come, instead of being the brightest part of the day, the Bible says there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So from noon until uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there's a darkness over the land. Verse 34, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he called the alliance. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, let, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. So right there about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, the Lord uh, dies. And the veil of the temple is written twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that, saw, uh, that uh, he so cried out, and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was a son of God. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom Mary uh, was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the less, and of Joseph and Salome, uh, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up uh, with uh, him unto Jerusalem. <coughs> Verse 42. And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. Notice when the even was come. That'll put you roughly now at 6 o'clock. Verse 42, he says, it, because it was the preparation. The preparation. Uh, what is the preparation? He says, that is the day before the Sabbath. Christ is on the cross, it says here, 
the day before the Sabbath. He's on the cross on that day. You're fast approaching uh, even time. I'll point out right now that um, in, in the Jewish way of figuring things, the evening time is the transition to the new day. When God created the heaven and the earth, you read there in the book of Genesis, he said it this way. He said, an evening and morning were the first day. He doesn't figure it like we do. He, he doesn't, we start at midnight. God starts at evening. So the Lord transitions the day at 6 o'clock. So when you get to the end of, um, uh, of the, uh, the working day, just for an example, you get about 6 o'clock, and then you'll go from, uh, from one day to the next. And so they're about to transition from one day to the next, and the Sabbath, they're trying to get them down before the Sabbath, before it reaches um, sundown, 6 o'clock or so, roughly, and they're, and they're trying to get him down off the cross so he's not on the cross on the Sabbath day. So they're putting, going to put him into the tomb uh, about uh, evening time. And it says here, And now when the even was come, because it was a preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew, uh, and when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulcher. So now you see that he takes him down at this time, puts him in the tomb. And we're, where are we at? We're at uh, around evening time, he says, the preparation the day before the Sabbath. Because of this, we, well, let's say this. What do we know about the Sabbath? Well, we know that the Sabbath... And the Old Testament is um, a is on the sixth day of the week. It's the Saturday, it's, or the seventh day of the week. It's the Saturday. It's the last day of the week. The Lord makes the earth in seven days, and on the uh, in six days, and on the seventh day He rests. The seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. Now, if you look at the calendar that you had there, uh, you'll notice again it's not laid out like a normal calendar um, with the days. That's what that's what throws us off. Um, you compare this to a regular calendar, again, you'll see Sunday as the first day of the week, and that's the way it ought to be. Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is the last day of the week, day number seven, and that is the Sabbath day. Um, look in Exodus chapter 16 for uh, confirmation of this. Exodus 16. Exodus chapter 16. Verse 26, Exodus 16, 26. Six days ye shall gather it. Uh, talking about the manna. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. So the Sabbath is the seventh day. Um, when we talk about the weekend, we, it's a little bit of a misnomer. We tend to think of Monday as the first day of the week, but, but it's not technically. It shows, on, this, on this calendar, which is not a normal calendar that we're looking at, it shows it that way. But when you go home and look at your calendar at home, uh, or you have one in your wallet or in your purse, uh, uh, you'll find that, again, Sunday's the first day of the week. So when we say the weekend, we tend to think Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday starts the new week. But technically that's not so. The week ends with Saturday. The new week starts with Sunday. And we start off in uh, New Testament times uh, our, our week with God. Amen? Amen? That's the way to start the week. And, uh, and we do. Now, um, so, so we've got 
the Lord, we've got the Lord on the cross. We have him taking him down, they taking them him down from the cross on the preparation that is the day before the Sabbath. Well, if the Sabbath is on Saturday, and this is a well-known fact, um, uh, folks know this, it's, it's common knowledge. The day before Saturday is Friday. That's common knowledge too. And, uh, and so what they do, looking at the fact that he's on the cross before the Sabbath, they figure then he's crucified on Friday. But there's a problem with that. Go to Matthew chapter 12. The problem is in the math. If he's crucified on Friday, and they that's why they call it Good Friday, because they figured he was crucified there because he was brought down before the Sabbath. We're going to have a logistical problem. Look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. For as Jonas, that's Jonah from the Old Testament, Jonah and the whale. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus said he's going to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. When's that? That's his burial. You know, the burial is um, the most neglected part of the, uh, the gospel. But it's part of the gospel. And, um, and he says it's going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right, well, let's do the math, as they say. Um, if, if he's crucified on Friday, we know what time of the day, uh, what time of the day would he have been taken off the uh, cross? Roughly. Six o'clock. Roughly six o'clock. So uh, late afternoon to evening, he's taken off. Uh, so we know he's, he's put in the tomb about 6, so he's off the cross by that time. So we're going to make this Friday uh, evening. Okay? So we'll go from Friday evening to Saturday evening. That gives us one day. Okay? We know... In the, in, we know that he's up in the morning. When they come very early in the morning, Lord will, we'll take a look at this in the scriptures in a little bit. When they come very early, early in the morning, he's already up on, uh, on Sunday morning. So we take this time to this time. You don't even have a full day. You have a half a day. Right. If he's crucified on Friday, he's in the, in the grave, the heart of the earth, not three days and three nights, a day and a half. All right. That doesn't work out. Somebody says, here's, how, here's what they say when you start pointing these things out. They say, well, a part of a day can count for a day. So uh, Friday's one day, Saturday's two days, Sunday's three days. Yeah. yeah, but you know what you did? You just made a liar out of Jesus Christ. I don't recommend trying to do that. <laughs> Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And if Jesus said, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he means three days and three nights. You know what, why he said three days and three nights? Because uh, he knew if he just said three days, you might just say, okay, we're just going to count part of a day. But to be very careful saying three days and three nights, 12 hours uh, in, the, in the day, 12 hours in the night, three, three full days, three full 24-hour days. So that math doesn't work out. All right, so we'll get rid of that. Look at John chapter 19. 
say, well, how can that be then? What about this Sabbath thing? And this, he said it, they said it was the Sabbath, right? But the, the math doesn't work out. So what, what gives here? Well, let's see what gives. John 19. Whenever you come across what seems to be something in the Bible that doesn't work out, what some folks might call a contradiction, don't quit reading. Don't quit studying. Even if you don't, even if you don't get the answer, give God the benefit of the doubt. He's got a good track record. Amen. You keep on reading, keep on studying, keep on praying. And if you keep on reading, here's what you would eventually come to. And if you pay attention when you read, here's what you'd eventually notice. John chapter 19, we see the context is the crucifixion. Um, look at, for example, in verse number uh, 27 and 28. He's on the cross, 29. They take the vinegar and uh, put it to his mouth. Verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So he's on the cross at this time, and he dies. The Jews, therefore, because it was a preparation, it's like what we read uh, earlier in, uh, in Mark. The Jews, therefore, because it was a preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. Now watch the parenthesis, because it's the key. For that Sabbath day was in high day. Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. That little parenthetical statement just gave you the answer for what's going on here. It was not the normal Saturday Sabbath that uh, they were trying to get him down off the cross before. It was a special Sabbath. It was, as it says here, uh, in high day. It was a Sabbath that was associated with uh, the Passover. Now, uh, go, back to, go back to the Gospel of Luke from where you're at in chapter 22. And let's just establish the, this. It's, again, common knowledge that this is the Passover time. But Luke 22, verse number 1, says, Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover, because they're goes Passover and unleavened bread. Some will just they'll call it the same thing, put it right together, which is called the Passover, verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. So that's what's going on with the Last Supper, verse 13. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. All right, so here they are. Now he says, uh, partaking together, Jesus Christ and the apostles partaking together of the Passover. So we know where we're at time-wise in, um, in regard to the feast. Look at Luke, or Leviticus rather, Old Testament, Leviticus 23. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 31. I'm sorry, verse 1. Leviticus 23, verse 1. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. 
He's talking about the Sabbath here, and he says, uh, on that seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. And I want you to notice just right here, he calls it an holy convocation, he calls the Sabbath. He shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Look at verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which he shall proclaim in their seasons. And the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. Um, and just just real quick and a real quick aside, for them the first uh, month when he talks about that, that's not January like ours, but that'll match up closer with this time of year. It'll be like the middle from the middle of March to the middle of April will match up with their first month. So it is it is right around this vicinity uh, of the year. And on the fifth, uh, let's go to verse 55 again. And, and in, the, in the 14th day of the month, in the 14th day of the month, it even is the Lord's Passover, six. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. Get verse seven. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. The first day, what? The 15th day. 14th is a Passover. 15th, you start the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the first day of the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he says, you're going to have an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Now, what did he just call the Sabbath back in verse number 3? He called it a holy convocation. Look back there. In the middle, of the middle, he says, uh, the seventh, well, start at the beginning. Six days shall work be done. The seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. Now he says in the first day, that's uh, of unleavened bread, that's going to be the 15th day of the month, according to verse number six. Verse seven says, in the first day you shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. What is it? It is a Sabbath. It's not a normal Sabbath. It's a, uh, a special Sabbath, a high day. Because this is fixed with the days of the month, then it's a movable day. It's not always going to occur on the seventh day or the first day. or the, It can occur on, on any one. There may be, day, there may be maybe years when it overlaps. But this, this Sabbath could show up on any day of the week. It is a special uh, feast day uh, imitated today by, by, by Roman Catholic Holy Days of Obligation in which they make that a day when you have to go to church. <clears throat> but, but they don't have anything to do with the feasts of the Lord back here in the, in the Old Testament. They're just they're, they're, they're things that they make up um, and have made up through the years. That's a whole other story and study. <clears throat> so this Sabbath day, Jesus said, or the Bible said in John chapter 19, was in high day. It was not the normal Saturday Sabbath. So, and, and we know that from John 19. We know it from Leviticus that that's the way it can be. So, so with the math as it is, we know that um, uh, it cannot be on Friday and a normal Saturday Sabbath. Now, what we're going to try to do is try to figure out when it was. For figuring this out, now your your calendar might be a little more helpful because we're going to we're going to look at Sunday over here just for to make it easier. And we got Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. All right. Now, let's uh, let's go ahead and get uh, Mark sixteen. Mark chapter sixteen. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. 
watch this. It says, and when the Sabbath was passed. That confuses him again. Because this is the Saturday Sabbath. You got the, the thing is, you got two Sabbaths that week. The Saturday Sabbath, and you got the Sabbath in, in conjunction with the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome uh, had brought, bought uh, sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, that's Sunday morning, they came under the sepulcher at the rising uh, of the sun. So they come at uh, sunrise. And you could have written that with a capital S-O-N, the rising of the sun, and been right. Amen? <laughs> so they come at the rising of the sun, although technically he's already uh, risen. Because in verse 3 it says, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. They get there very early Sunday morning. And uh, when they get there, uh, he's already risen uh, from the dead. So he's already risen uh, by, by sunrise. So if we make that um, uh, it come very early in the morning at the rising of the sun, we'll just make that 6 a.m. Okay? Uh, so roughly 6 a.m. they come to the tomb. Now, if we're going to believe what Jesus said, and, and I do, that he was in there in the heart of the earth three days and three nights, in order for us to figure when he was crucified, uh, we'll, we'll work backwards. So from 6 a.m., we know he's up by this time. Right. Okay? From 6 a.m. Sunday to 6 a.m. Saturday gives us one day. Right. From Saturday to Friday, 6 a.m., gives us two days. Right. From Friday to Thursday, 6 a.m. Now we've got three days. We have three days and three nights, all the way back to Thursday, 6 a.m. So somebody might jump to a conclusion and says, okay, then it was Thursday. Well, problem. What time was he crucified? Do you remember? Third hour of the day, 9 o'clock in the morning. He's on the, he, the sun turns dark at noon, uh, from noon till three, uh, uh, somewhere around three o'clock, he, he gives up the ghost, and then he's put into the tomb. He's put into the tomb at the, in the evening. So if, if we make it Thursday, and he's put into the tomb in the evening, then we're at 6 p.m. Thursday, and we only have two and a half days. So what you gotta do, you're gonna have to go back here to uh, Wednesday, the crucifixion then taking place at 9 a.m. Uh, from noon to 3, uh, darkness. And then uh, entombed, um, uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll round it off, say roughly 6 p.m. Uh, he's in the tomb. With that in mind, let's do the math. If it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday at 6 p.m., We'll go from Wednesday 6 p.m. to Thursday 6 p.m. and get one. Thursday 6 p.m. to Friday, we'll get two. Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday, and we'll get three. And remember what we said about when the Jewish day starts? Starts starts uh, at uh, with evening. Jesus Christ goes in the tomb 
on Wednesday evening, right around the transition of the day from Wednesday to Thursday. And then he's in there uh, from Wednesday night to Thursday night, one, Thursday night, Friday night, two, Friday night to Saturday night, three, and right about the transitioning of the day, and I believe right at the transitioning of the day, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. And then uh, he's he's got some other stuff going on, uh, and uh, I don't know what he's doing all night, but uh, uh, it'd be interesting to, to peer in on it, wouldn't it? But by the time they get there in the morning, he's up. Amen. And that's the only thing that's going to work according if we, if we believe literally, and I do, what we've read, everything in the scriptures, that's the only day, the only thing that's going to work. So to, so this time now, at this time in New Testament times, he, he's risen on Sunday, again, right at the right at believe it, the transitioning of the day. So uh, we commemorate not the Saturday Sabbath any longer, which we let no man judge us in regard to meat or drink in respect of a holy day or a Sabbath day, which are a shadow of things to come, but the bodies of Christ, Colossians tells us. But we meet on Sunday, the first day of the week, in, in commemoration of his resurrection. And let's show you First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, that they were doing this in New Testament times. That was the normal gathering. I'll show you two places real quick. First Corinthians 16... Verse 2. I'll start with 1 to get the context. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye, upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Why are they taking the collection up on the first day of the week? That's when they're meeting. They're, they're not, not all just um, uh, coming out to, for a special day to give an offering. Paul's got good sense. Amen. We're, go, we're not going to meet on Saturday and say, I tell you what, come back Sunday and we'll have the offering. Yeah. <laughs> no pastor's that stupid. <laughs> okay. You, when you go take the offering, you're going to take the offering when they show up for church. <laughs> Why? Because you're likely not to see them otherwise. <laughs> All right, Acts chapter 20. Acts 20. Verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. That was one long Sunday night service. Don't you ever complain about how long I preach? Right? So, but what are they doing? First day of the week, they're gathering together. Interestingly enough, night service. This is, this is, uh, this is elsewhere in the scriptures. And Paul's preaching. We do when we gather together, as we uh, gather together the first day of the week, and then there's some, some preaching. Uh, last Sunday, we also broke bread at the Lord's Supper. So it's kind of interesting when you, when you put it all together. Here's the way God's worked it out in New Testament times. In New Testament times, we have the Bible-believing churches have basically two days that they meet, a midweek service, and we have a Sunday service. By and large, there are some exceptions, and even in this area, there's some exceptions, but most midweek services take place on Wednesday. Occasionally, you have one on a Tuesday or Thursday, but, uh, but most of them, you, you gather all together, all the midweek services together, and you find out that uh, well over 90%, probably 99% of them plus uh, are on Wednesday. So why is that? I think God's got his hand all over it. Sunday, we remember Sunday we remember the resurrection, and we meet that day. Wednesday, we meet on the day of the crucifixion. Every week when we meet on Wednesday and we meet on Sunday, we're remembering uh, the uh, the crucifixion and then the resurrection. Amen. Amen. So um, 
that's why it wasn't uh, actually Good Friday. If you're going to call it uh, good anything, I guess it would be Good Wednesday. Right, and that was Pastor Scott Strobel from First Bible Baptist Church in Lockport, New York. And uh, we're very thankful, and thank you, Pastor Strobel, for allowing us to broadcast that uh, Sunday School lesson on Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some interesting things and some interesting interesting facts about it. We do appreciate it. We'll be back again next time and uh, probably less than a week with another episode. And uh, Steve and Matt will be back in the studio with us. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Bye.